Welcome to Business and Happiness Podcast. I'm your host, Bratzo Pobridge. This episode is sponsored by Life Success Academy, a place where you recreate your business and personal happiness. It was a December 1994, December 1994, my son was seven years old. We lived in Brooklyn, uh, Park Slope, uh, 15th Street and, and 8th Avenue. And uh, my son is a really funny guy, still is, and his sense of humor sometimes is really difficult to figure out that is really a joke. It takes me even today, takes me time to figure it out. So basically, there was a commercial on TV. I think it was some kind of microwaved food. And uh, and he said, hey, this must be really good. And I said, why? He said, well, it's because it's on TV. It has to be good. <laughs> He's still using that joke to this day, I think. If it's on TV, it's got to be good. I just remind him recently. So what I would like you to think about marketing, right? Think about uh, all the messages that we're getting from, not just from the food industry, you know, from food, drinks, even like drugs, you know, prescription drugs. Uh, they, they force these advertisements on us on the TV. And then, you know, we go to doctor and tell them what medication we want. So we really got to be aware of the marketing and think about what's really good for us without thinking, let me, you know, let me, <laughs> let me watch all these ads. And sometimes we are forced to watch these ads, uh, even in, in today's streaming world. But, uh, but anyway, it's, it's really about marketing. And, and then you see, like in, in the old days, if you think about it, you know, um, our grandparents, did they really need the science to tell them what to eat? You know, not really. I mean, uh, you know, it, they ate food. It's really that simple. You know, fresh food, fruit, vegetables, meat, fish. You know, when, when I was growing up back in my country, Bosnia-Herzegovina, former Yugoslavia, uh, I would simply go to my grandmother's garden and pick up a piece of fruit. And on the market, we did not have organic food, believe it or not. There was no organic food. We had food. <laughs> and the food, you know, that was, that was organic. That was it. That was food. Although, a little disclaimer, you know, I learned that later on, some farmers started using chemicals, what I was told. But, but anyway, you know, we ate food. And, and today we know that organic food is really very expensive. So if you can afford, you know, any organic um, uh, food, then you need to know which foods you should buy organic and which you don't have to. So I'd like to share with you what they call the, the dirty dozen. And what, what's a dirty dozen? I've heard of this first time three years ago. And you, you might know of it, uh, but it's basically... There are 12 foods, you know, fruits and vegetables that if you can afford, you should probably buy organic, at least sometimes, right? And these foods are really contaminated. And then, you know, if and when possible, you should avoid it. Do I always buy these food organic? No, I don't, right? But sometimes I try, you know, right? Because again, it's, it's expensive. So 
let's uh, uh, let's take uh, um, notes. This would be really a good time to take some notes and um, to look at these uh, most contaminated foods. So, peaches, apples, sweet bell peppers, celery, nectarines, strawberries, cherries, pears, grapes, especially imported grape for some reason. I guess just when I said imported, I'm talking here, uh, you know, from U.S. imported into the U.S., but it's probably imported into like the West world. Spinach, lettuce, and potatoes, believe it or not. So these are the 12 most contaminated foods. Now, let's take a look at the 12 least contaminated foods. So something that we don't have to buy organic. Onions avocado, sweet corn, especially frozen, pineapples, mango, asparagus, sweet peas, again, especially frozen, kiwi, bananas, cabbage, broccoli, and papayas. So again, these are the 12 least contaminated foods. So you may want to pay attention to that. Now, did you know that, I'm sure you did, <laughs> you can actually, uh, we can change our body, of course, by just changing our food. Makes sense, right? But if we simply, like I said, choose to eat food and choose, you know, whole-based plant food, then, then, then we'll be good. Now, I wonder if you can think of how many fruits and vegetables we need a day. You know, they keep changing it. Uh, the latest that, that I was, that I'm aware of was seven to nine. I know it sounds a lot, but you know, more we do, better it is for us. So seven to nine uh, portions of fruit, and vegetables. Now, uh, again, like a plate, how the plate should uh, look like, and they 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 keep changing that plate. You know, first of all, at, he, at least here in the West, our plate is big. So please just buy smaller plates. That's that's the first thing. <laughs> that's the first thing you should do. But basically, uh, what we should be eating is that fifty percent should be fruits and vegetables. 25% uh, is protein and, um, you know, idea like plant-based protein. Now, did you know, this is actually an interesting fact, that protein is really good to eat because it, it kind of um, takes care of by itself. The body will, you know, if you will, to make it simplify, eat those calories. So if you want to eat something, the proteins uh, you know, good good thing to eat. And then 25% is starch grains. So that's kind of how um, what how our plate should look like. Now, I would like to share just really a few, briefly, just a few resources uh, to get some more information. First, there's American Institute for Cancer Research. And I'm sure other countries, wherever we are watching, 
um, have your own uh, research. But this website is called it's is AICR.org, American Institute for Cancer Research, AICR.org. It's really, really great research, uh, a resource. You may want to look at some Mediterranean pyramid. And the, another good website is called Old Way SPT, oldwayspt.org. It also has a lot of uh, a lot of great, great information for us to look at. So if, if you think about uh, food, uh, what do you think is the most important thing? So we know it's important what we eat, right? But the, according to Ayurveda, which I'm going to first explain what that is, you might know again, uh, but if you don't, for some of you that don't, uh, let me just look at, uh, give you the definition rather from John Hopkins Medicine. And I'm just going to read this definition. So uh, Ayurveda, a natural system of medicine originated in India more than 3,000 years ago. Somewhere I read that's more than 5,000 years ago, but I do believe John Hopkins. The term Ayurveda is derived from the Sanskrit words Ayur, which is life, and Veda, science or knowledge. So the Ayurveda translates to knowledge of life. And it's based on the idea that disease is due to an imbalance or stress in a person's consciousness. Ayurveda encourages certain lifestyle interventions and natural therapies to regain a balance between the body, mind, spirit, and the environment. I love that they also talk about the environment. That really, really kind of clicks with me, really. So, <laughs> you know, it, if we are stressed out, think about when we are stressed out, we don't digest food really well. Why? Because the body is prioritizing the survival. That's why, right? So it's 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 more important to be in the survival mode at the point at that point rather than waste the energy on digesting your food. Makes sense. So. What we eat, of course, it's, uh, it, it's, it's important. But the problem is that the food become a thing, you know, the thing we have to do. So what do we do? We'll just make a quickly smoothie or, you know, all these little snacks or sometimes, you know, even uh, pills. So I, I know even when my son was in college years ago, uh, he said that his friends were not... Uh, they were not drinking coffee. They would just take a pill. I was like, come on. <laughs> you, they would just take coffee and pill instead. And that's just that laziness. <laughs> and sometimes we are too lazy too. And we take something that we, we really shouldn't, shouldn't be taking, right? So, um, you know, uh, uh, earlier I said that our grandparents really didn't need the science, right, to tell them what to eat. So, so if you simply just uh, start eating like your grandparents, the chances are you eat eating well, 
the chances are you are eating, <laughs> you are eating what I call food. <laughs> and that's what you should be eating. Uh, another thing is that we, we don't pay much attention is that um, it's really all about, so we talked about what we eat, but it's also how and why, how and why. Uh, and another fact is that, you know, they keep telling us about the fat and how that's bad for us. But the fact is that problem is not the fat. The problem is processed fat. And that's our trouble. So it's not the fat itself, it's the processed fat. And unfortunately, we eat so much processed fat, we eat so much processed food. And again, if there is one thing you wanna do for yourself to try to minimize that processed food, minimize that processed food if you can. And again, eat, eat food. <laughs> eat food. Uh, another thing is to eat, not east, eat seasonally and locally as much as you can. I mean, this is again how our grandparents, grand-grandparents lived. They lived, or, or grand-grand-grand, you know, all the generations, they lived on the land. So they, 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 they ate what was available during that season, and what's available locally, right where, where, where they lived. And this is really, really important, right? This is really, really important. So um, now, did you know that the cooked food is easy to chew? Well, you knew that, right? But in fact, it releases more nutrients than raw food. The cooked food often releases more nutrients than the raw food. Um, and then, you know, if you think about for most of us that, um, you know, that we get stressed out and what do we really do? What do we do when we get stressed out? What do we really do? Maybe it's just me, but, you know, we tend to eat heavy food, right? We tend to eat heavy food. And then sometimes the heavy food makes sense, right? And the comfort food, also makes sense. There is a space for comfort food. But when should we eat heavy food? Well, in winter, at least for some of us that have the seasons, right? Winter, uh, summer. In winter, we should eat heavier food. You know, why did they eat heavier food in the winter, you know, uh, uh, generations before us? Because there was no, nothing in a garden, at least in certain part of the world, again. I'm thinking here in the West, right? Or not everywhere in the West, but let's say where I live now, New York, right? Winter is cold, it's snow. There's really nothing in, in, in a garden, right? Uh, and so, so we eat some heavier food, right? In summer, we should eat a lighter food. This all, I know it makes sense, but if we can stick to some of these rules, we can truly, truly improve our life and, and get to that true life success. Uh, so also our digestion system is actually stronger in the winter than in summer. Again, talking about the countries that have these seasons, right? 
so so what does it say? Well, if we have a stronger digestion system in winter, that's in the winter we should eat soups and stews. And again, this, this just makes so much sense. Summer is the salads, right? We should eat lighter. Um, of course, so again, all depends where we live, but uh, what's in a season and what's fresh is really what makes sense. Now, if you think about spices, um, we use spices really to, we think we use them because it just gives all the great taste to the food. But in fact, they are great to digest the food, right? This is really how we started using spices to help us digest. So cooking with some spices like, you know, cooking with the black pepper and so on will really help us digest the food. And that's why this is important. Um, so here's another simple rule. You know, when you have a big meal and afterwards you just don't feel good, you know, does it happen to you? I know it happens to me, right? I just want to have a big meal. And then afterwards, I just like don't feel well. Well, if you feel good afterwards and you had big meal, that's fine, right? Regardless of what you eat. But if you don't feel well, try to remember that. Try to remember so that there can be trigger. Some of you who studied habits with me, there can be trigger for you to say, hold on. Last time I had that huge meal, I didn't feel well. So let me not have it again. So that could be trigger to help you not to have that uh, a big, big meal. Uh, now, here's another thing. It takes a time for the message from the stomach, right? To come to our brain. It really does take a time. This is why we often eat more than we should. Because by the time that message gets to our brain, we are already full. So if you can stop, by the time you reach about 80%, whatever 80% for you is, <laughs> maybe it's this big meal, maybe it's this big meal, I don't know. But if we can stop about at 80%, the chances are we'll be happier, healthier, and that by itself will improve our overall well-being, and it will not let us get bigger, bigger than we want to be. Um, eating smaller portions later afternoon is what makes sense. You know, in my country, that that used to be, um, we used to say that you eat breakfast alone, you split lunch with your friend, and you give your dinner to your enemy. Now, I don't know. I, I'm not sure, you know, I'm sure you don't have any enemy, so you're going to have a trouble with giving your dinner. But but th th this really makes sense. We get up, then we need like energy, right, for the whole day. So although often, at least here in the West part of the world, you know, again, talking United States that I know the most, um, you know, we tend to have like smaller breakfast. 
we tend to have bigger lunch and we, we tend to have a huge dinner, which is really the opposite of what we should be doing. But if you do have that big dinner, and I hope you don't, at least not that big, but at least if you do, then try to do what I do. So don't eat three to four hours before you go to sleep. So like for me, the dinner time is 6 p.m. and I go to sleep around nine. So it gives me about three hours. If I can even give a little more, it would be good, but it's, it's really hard to eat before six. I get hungry later on and then that creates another problem. You don't want to be hungry before you go to sleep because why? Because you're going to eat a junk food and you don't want that. Why you don't want junk food? Why don't you want sugar? Because sugar is not good energy for you. That's why you don't want it. So just, just remember that. Um, okay, so how many meals should I have a day? <laughs> two to four, that should be really ideal, right? And, but this is two to four with no snacking. <laughs> if you can, try two to four with no snacking. Um, so uh, we talked about dinner. Uh, make sure that you least, you know, two to at least two to three, I would say three to four hours before you go to sleep. Uh, because you know, because it really takes four to five hours to digest the food that you don't want your body to spend most of the time. You know, you don't want to go to sleep, and then what does body do? It works so hard to digest that food, right? Instead of relaxing, instead of relaxing and sleeping. Um, you know, another thing is actually I'm going just to mention one more thing, which I think it's important. Um, I don't know what's the kind of habit in your country, but um, I do know that again here in the West, uh, we eat a lot of cold drinks. And, you know, back when I was growing up in uh, Yugoslavia, former Yugoslavia, Bosnia and Herzegovina, um, we really didn't drink, you know, cold water out of fridge. We drank water from a faucet, which was, you know, we did have a beautiful, still do, beautiful um, uh, spring running water. And uh, also we didn't, I mean, even like some, you know, say like beer, you know, everybody loves cold beer. Well, actually in UK, uh, I do know that we, we, you know, when I go there, um, we'll drink a warm beer as well. But uh, but here's the issue with the cold drink. Um, your body needs to work really hard to digest that very cold drink, especially like in the summertime, I mean, any time, right? But it really needs to work harder rather than just room temperature drink. And that's something to think about, something to try, right? Something to try to... Um, have you know a room temperature i know when i was growing up my mind would never let me have like really really cold drink um especially like after i was exercising or running when i said exercising i didn't exercise when i was a kid i played <laughs> we all did right played soccer and so on we were just outside uh, playing with the kids so anyway i'm hoping that some of these quick uh, ideas will uh, help you and that you can help your clients uh, eat well, uh, choose what to eat 
and also choose how and when to eat. Become the Life Success Academy founding member. Go to academyoflifesuccess.com and click on founding member to get 60% off full membership.